The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today I've got Dasha Gonzalez on the show. She's the uh, ring announcer for AW, and she's also on the broadcast team. Does Spanish commentario with Alex Abrahantes. But you might know her as WWE backstage interviewer Dasha Fuentes. She was fired from WWE last year after a five-year run. And she's going to tell us all about that and how she ended up coming to AEW as a result. She also recently competed in the Titan Games which is currently airing on NBC. It's the reality fitness competition show hosted by The Rock. Uh, Dash has got stories from training for that show and then competing on it, but you're going to have to tune in Monday nights at 8 p.m. to find out how she did and tune in to Facebook Live and my official YouTube channel this weekend for the Saturday special, 9 p.m. Eastern, every week. Uh, we're bringing, uh, we're going to answer your questions. We're going to do a sing-along. We're going to tell stories. We're going to have a couple drinks. Come hang out with me on Saturday night. I know the Rona is resurging in some places. Some states and cities are getting back into lockdown. Uh, if you got nothing to do, come have fun social distancing with me on a Saturday night. I will stay safe at home with the Saturday special, and I guarantee I will entertain you. So we'll see you 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and my official YouTube channel this Saturday for the Saturday night special. All right, let's hear Dasha's story right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so we had a big uh, Zoom call for the whole company, and I said during the uh, the quarantine, if anyone wants to do Talk is Jericho, just reach out and let me know. And there's like 100 people on the call, and like five people were like, I want to do it. And, you, and Dasha uh, Gonzalez is one of the people that said, I want to do it. I thought it was pretty cool that you reached out to, to yeah, do the show. I've never really done like a podcast before, mm-hmm. so it's like my first time. I'm like, why not? <laughs> it's Chris Jericho. Let's do this. <laughs> but you have a lot of a, a long history, and there's a lot to talk about because you have been doing announcing and wrestling-related activities for <laughs> how long? A little over five years, almost five six years. years. Coming up on six years. Did you originally want to be in, uh, in the uh, wrestler? I actually started as a wrestler. In yeah, tell me, because I said, I don't really know anything about your story. No, totally cool. Yeah, so I auditioned back December 12, 13, 14 of 2013. And I did like the three-day tryout that they do where you do like promos, bumping in the ring, strength and conditioning and all that stuff. And then from my class, the people 
pretty much that are still there, like Drake Wirtz and Nia Jax. We were all in the same tryout. And they just celebrated their six years with the company. Mm-hmm. And um, just back up a bit. How did you get the tryout? Like what got you involved? I applied online on WWRecruit.com. I was watching TV. I laugh about it because some people are like, oh, you're watching Total Diva. It's just like everyone else. And I was a casual fan growing up as a kid. Used to wrestle with my dad. And uh, one day my now husband was like, you should try that. See what it's like. And I was in school studying science. And I always wanted a profession and career where I could be physically fit, active, be a role model. And wrestling was it. You got to be an entertainer. You got to maintain a level of fitness. And you got to be a role model to kids Mm. and adults Mm. all over the world. So that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to try it. Let's see. Had a pretty impressive resume. And I got So they signed. basically had an open tryout of like anybody that wants to sign up or did you have to have a connection? No, I had no connections whatsoever. I filled out a profile online. Oh, wow. Yeah, I filled out a profile online, submitted my application, uploaded the pictures, answered the questions that, you know, were in that like resume kind of that you had to post on yeah. the portal. And I got an email from the director of talent relations. At first, I thought it was fake. Was it Canyon you know? Seaman? Who was Canyon yeah, Seaman. The illustrious name, Canyon Seaman. <laughs> and I was like, I went, there's this guy that was like a pro wrestler, like at the gym. And I was like, hey, is this name legitimate or not? I don't want to respond to this email. And it's somebody trying to like catfish me or something. And I tried out and got called, did the medical evaluation, started as a wrestler, had a whoa, couple whoa, matches. Hold on, but let's slow down a bit. You're going faster. Yeah, sorry. So ta- really that's okay. I w- but there's a lot of great stuff I want to talk about. So you had the three-day tryout, and you're coming. Did you have an athletic background? I did. I used, okay. to, sw- I used to be a national competitive gymnast, oh, and gotcha. I swam, dove, wrestled, okay. did Marine Corps ROTC. I'm an athlete at heart. Gotcha. So you show up for the trial because I – Never had that trial, but, but, but I heard that the, the camp, it's very physically grueling. Absolutely. It well, tell was, me some stuff you had to they do. They tried to break us down, yeah. essentially. And the, my tryout was actually at the Performance Center when it first opened. Like, we were, like, one of the first tryouts at the Performance Center. So we had the like, NFL, you know, grade, mm-hmm. you know, weights in um, AstroTurf. So we had to do, like, sled pushes, deadlifts, cleans. Like, we were beaten down. Then we'd have... You know, in ring, running the ropes, bumping, uh, going from ring to ring, just blow up drills till you could no longer. And they just wanted to see who was going to quit, who was going to keep going. And out of the 17 girls from all over the world that were in my tryout, they ended up choosing four. Who were the four? The four was a girl named Danny Jacks. Nia, uh, Nia Jackson. Nia, sorry. The, the, well, there was one of the girls' name was Danny Jax, was her okay. real name. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Nia Jax, who now that's her yeah. name, but everyone knows her other What's real, her real name. What's her real name? <laughs> I, I know it, but I forgot. <laughs> we can't talk about yes, these we can. things. I mean, we can't talk about these things. Everybody can I just go- I'll Google her. it. I'll Google it right now. <laughs> so go ahead. Who are the other two? And I was Dasha Gonzalez at the time. Right. Which was funny because I had my tryout and I was Dasha Gonzalez. And then when I started, I Started the week after I had gotten married, so we had to go change all those contracts and all Savalina that. Savalina Fanine <laughs> is her real name. And okay. and then Levana was Le- the Le- other Le- girl. Okay. okay. So you guys get signed, and then they put you into the NXT system. Yes. Okay, so then continue where that was. So from that system, at that time, everything's changed. This was six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone had to like sit down and watch for a month. 
just to make sure, you know, to watch the beginner's class, which was with Robbie's class. And then from that beginner's class, then you graduated to being able to enter the beginner's class. And that's where we learned how to lock up. And we learned how to like Hamburg roll and like <laughs> Hamburg to, roll. How, yes, that's what Robbie called it. Hamburg roll. I was with Robbie in Hamburg in 93 for six weeks. That's what I'm just wondering. Why, <laughs> I wonder why it's called the Hamburg roll. Yeah, he called it the Hamburg roll. <laughs> and it was so funny because he would always call me textbook Dasha because if he would tell me like land right here land right there so it was he's like you're very analytical and like very like structural like when you do everything and then from the beginners class then you could graduate to at that time there were still divas Mm -hmm. um but the women's ring and now everyone's just mixed and it's crazy so who who was uh uh well first of all how how was robbie brooks as a trainer i love robbie i tell everyone my two favorite coaches are norman smiley and robbie brooks (laughs) they just got me we clicked and they always explained to me why things were done and and the psychology behind it all and it just clicked when they taught me and then sarah motto was the women's coach at that time Mm -hmm. So then you go into the women's training and then when are you designated ready to have an actual match? They, so at that time, all the women, whether you wrestled or not, we were all ring announcers and everyone at the live events, they would, they would set up the ring. Some people would run security. Some people would be, all the women would be ring announcers, whether that's what you wanted to do or not. And um, each girl would get one match to announce or something or so every week, like instead of there was people sitting in the back watching the show because obviously you learn by watching Mm -hmm. and um, they would just designate somebody that wasn't wrestling one of the females to ring announce. So like even like Nijax once Nijax ring announced my first match in Largo. It was great. (laughs) It was a, a women's tag match and it was it was awesome. I'm sure it was, right. <laughs> so so like you said, you're sitting in the back, you're watching, you're ring announcing. When do you finally get the call that you're going to have a match? They, You would just show up to the event not knowing oh, I see. what was going on. Then when you'd finally look at the card from the, from the coaches, mm-hmm. the, the producers would have the card. And you would normally get prepped a little bit at like the Performance Center live events that we would have, like the PC lives that we would have just like amongst everyone that was in the company. But I had my first match just in Largo and then I had another PC live event and then I had just gotten injured in the nast if I could uh I was con- actually sorry excuse me let me backtrack yeah. a little bit I had gotten injured like two months into starting at the performance center and um so I went in for a scope and it ended up being a meniscus like repair so going in thinking it was four to six weeks recovery ended up being four to six months of oh, recovery wow. And as soon as I got back, I was back to training. And then that's when I got my first match Mm. in Largo. And then I had another PC live event. And then there was a need, I think, I believe Brandy had gotten like moved up to, to ring announce like SmackDown and Raw and Jojo had gotten moved up and there was a need for somebody to ring announce. I said, I don't mind doing it. You guys said I was pretty good at it. I just want to make sure that I can still train in the ring. So I went, couple extra months training in the ring and then finally got to a point where they're like hey we need you on the announce team we have enough female wrestlers is this something you'd be willing to do and I said well at that time the goal was to make it to quote-unquote main roster now everyone's on an even playing field and um, I was like well I could see myself being able to work my way to the top and maybe they could one day do like a storyline where somebody takes out the backstage interviewer and I could just transition back into wrestling Never happened, <laughs> but that was my logic. So how long were you with WWE? Five years. Five, five, okay, so 
this is crazy. So you came in as a wrestler and you only wrestled a few times. Then you start ring announcing. So did you, you were on the main roster for years. Yeah, I was with SmackDown Live for two and a half and then right. Raw. So what's kind of the technique to being a good ring announcer like on TV and, and <laughs> don't also, suck. <laughs> what do you, like what were you given direction as a ring announcer for TV? I, I never got to ring announce live on TV for okay, SmackDown or Raw. Gotcha. It was mainly just the live events that we okay. had throughout the week. And then for TV, I was just a backstage interviewer. But when it came to like ring announcing, Brandy helped me out a lot. Um, when it came to like backstage interviewing, Renee helped me out a lot. And then Greg Hamilton and Mike Rome helped me out with the ring announcing aspect of it. Um, because at the time when Greg had gotten, he had gotten signed to NXT and there, he wanted to kind of create this like him, Michael Cole, and all the announcers wanted the ring announcers to be able to host and announce and be able to do everything so they could be utilized in any position. So Greg was like the first official like host ring announcer. And host like hosting the live events? Yes. Yeah. Because we would do like a pre-show before the actual live events, then ring announce the live event, and then that was it. Right. <laughs> so, so what was, like so I said, what's the technique to ring announcing? Like what's the secret? So I was always told when you're in the ring, ring announcing, you have to be very stoic and like you have to command the attention. But like when you're hosting, it has to be like a three people conversation. So it's it's you, the audience, and you have to like you have to be conversational, not presentational when you're hosting. But then you have to be presentational when you're ring announcing. You kind of like set the tone for what's about to come. Mm -hmm. And then what about when you're uh, announcing somebody's name? What's the inflection? You know what I mean? <laughs> so usually you go up on the inflection <laughs> towards the end. Um, like give an example, like Chris Jericho. So from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, weighing 225 pounds, le champion, Chris Jericho. So you <laughs> like but you got little end. balls in there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, because you're a heel, you know, yeah, you got yeah, a little yeah, like, grit in it. Yeah. Um, and then if it's somebody that's like, a baby face, you're a little bit more like happy and cheery, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I always try to add a little bit grit if they're like a bad guy. Right. But you're not getting a lot of direction for live events. So you pretty no, much you right. have to make it kind of like your own mm -hmm. thing. And that's what I loved most about the live events. TV, um, when I was with the other company, you know, it was more of like you're given a certain direction and you have to uh, stay in that lane. Right. So, but let me ask this because there's a lot of um, a lot of comments about backstage interviewers in WWE and the questions you're given. And it seems almost at this point, it's almost like a rib that they're given the worst questions. You know, like <laughs> someone will be like uh, Apollo Crews hurts his leg and the the, the, announcer, or the backstage. So do you feel that this injury will hinder your progress? Or something? It's like, <laughs> yes. Of course it will. Well, I, I mean, when I was with them, things are changing. I could only speak from my experience. That's what I mean. So what's your experience? From my experiences, it was kind of like I I had never been an backstage, backstage interviewer before in my life. Right. You know, I was terrified of the red light. I mean, the first time that I ever did a backstage interview, I was so scared. I said like James Ellis instead of James Ellsworth. <laughs> I clearly knew his name, but right. I was like terrified. And this is live, right? This yeah. is live. It's happening live. And I was always told I had too much personality and I had to dial it down. So Okay, hold me, on a second. This is the thing I'm going to you. You have too much personality. <laughs> What does that mean? Well, I was I was told it's not about the interviewer, it's about the person being interviewed. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, well, I 
what I had a lot of conflict with was I have so much personality and I feel like my personality could help put over what the talent is saying, but it wasn't about you. It was about the talent. The The light was sh like shined on the talent. So you had to ask your question, kind of don't show facial expression and let their answers, you know, kind of make the viewer have a certain sentiment or feeling. I wasn't allowed to like nod or certain. Were you like told? That. Were you told this beforehand or yes, afterwards? Yes, yeah. And I, and I felt also too like I had to get the question exactly verbatim how it was written, or like the world was gonna end, you know, mm. kind of a thing. But it, it interviewing wasn't my thing. I guess I don't know. I. But the, but how could it be your thing when when all you're being told to do in essence is just stand there and hold the microphone? Yep. Like they could get a mic stand. Put like you know a, a pretty face on it, and there's your interviewer because that's basically the same. There, there, you guys are all interchangeable. Yeah. But if you look at old school backstage announcers like Mean Gene Okerlund, he was the best because he had a personality which enabled the guys to have something to feed off of. Yeah, uh, and and I completely agree with that. And that was something that I struggled a lot with. But at the end of the day, I wasn't the one making the decisions. Of course, of course. So I was only doing as I was told. But it's kind of fun now being um, being able to be myself. People mm -hmm. are like, whoa, she is not a robot. I'm like, no, I'm not a robot. If you take a second to get to know me, I do have a personality. If you are a true fan and had been to a live event, you knew that wasn't me. So mm -hmm. it's different how things translate. But I'm the type of person, like, if you don't know me before you, like, ever speak to me, you will remember me after you leave mm, me. Of course. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So tell me about some of your favorite uh, backstage interviews that you did. <laughs> there was this one interview I did with Mojo Raleigh when he had won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Mm. And my question was, I had to say, like, no, not really. He was like, can you feel it, Dasha? Can you feel it? Because, you know, Mojo's very yeah, expressive. Yeah, yeah. And I literally had to look at him straight in the face and be like, no, not really. <laughs> it was the hard, one of the hardest, most silly things. So many memes were made after. Was it, it. supposed to be a, a joke? Like were you, were you doing it to be to a smartass? To this day, I don't even know. So who's giving you these lines? Just the writers. Whoever the writer the is writers. for the segment. Yeah, here's right. what you want you to say. There's right. so many different writers. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come and go so quickly, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, but that was one of my favorite. No, not really. Because I asked, I'd be like, am I supposed to be cheeky? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I supposed to be sarcasm? Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, no, you just look at him straight dead in the face and say, no, <laughs> not really. So you said they made a bunch of memes of it? Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> of like you being like, it's like this girl's a robot type mm -hmm. thing? Oh, and there was another, I had like talked to like Chris Van Vliet about it or something like that. Somebody also, one time I had a, an interview with Shinsuke Nakamura and they, because I sounded so robotic to them, they painted they they kind of like redid it put like a voice modulator on it made me sound like a robot like painted my face silver and like redid this other little video i was like this stuff is great i don't mind that does not hurt my feelings whatsoever now you said renee young helped you with your backstage interview what kind of advice was she giving you she always told me just 
obviously follow the directions that they're giving you. Once you kind of build their trust, then you'll get a little bit more leeway because Renee is one of those that like when she was doing backstage interviews, she was allowed to emote, she was allowed to nod, she was, but they trusted her and she earned that trust. I was so new, I didn't have that trust. So I had to earn that trust. And it was just, it was for me that, that I always struggled with, but I wouldn't say this this way or I wouldn't, you know, write this this way. And she's like, well, sometimes you just have to like, bite the bullet and just do it and prove to them that they can trust you and that aspect of it. And that's kind of, it is what it is. Well, so for five years or so, you're traveling from, you know, city to city or whatever it is for basically 30 seconds of work a night. I mean, is that basically what your job, did you have to do anything else other than backstage interviewing? No, I... I actually ring announced during the live events. But and I'm talking about actual TV. Oh, for TV? Yeah. Well, the, the hardest part for me was I, we would have live events when I was with Raw, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, TV Monday. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're exhausted from working all these live events, driving from... They like, can be very strange places, yeah. It, it, sometimes you just wondered and you're like, did somebody just like turn around in a circle and just randomly throw darts <laughs> yeah. at all these different locations because they'd be like 300 miles or catch a flight and go over here. And we'd get to like, uh, personally, I would get to the hotel like sometimes at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, have to wake up for a call time, be at you know TV all day long, and then you'd get like 10 seconds worth of work and you're like, but it's 1030. Holy cow. I don't even know where I'm at. I can't even remember any of this. Right. Stuff. And you're like just drained and exhausted. So it, it was tough. Oh yeah. It was really tough. I mean, you've obviously done it for a long time. People don't realize the shows are fun, but they don't realize what it is that the wrestlers do in order to actually get to the show. Not everyone has a bus that takes them there or a chauffeur that drives them. No, mm. you're driving like 300 miles to the And next you're making town. your own reservations to do that. Yep. You know, what, what, how did you like, like, how did you deal with all that travel? Because it's something that I didn't realize to step out of that bubble and go, holy shit, I can't even envision ever doing that again four days a week <laughs> i can't envision how you all did it back in like the 90s and 80s yeah. where map quest was a thing like me i would just be like luckily being on the announce side that was the one part that it was cool that i was getting taken care of was oh, like my like, hotel uh, was already reserved you're like an employee or something or part of the crew yeah you were part of the crew part of the crew and um so your hotel was already covered but um I sometimes I had wished like when it was so far away, like, man, I wish I could just book my own hotel and like stop mm-hmm. halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I have That's to drive to, to my right. hotel. Yeah. Um, but it it was it was hard being able to like manage all that. And most of the time since I was the first one out, you know, during the pre-show the actual show and then closing out the show most of the talent after they finish their matches mm-hmm. you know it makes sense drive to the next town or they would bunch up in cars and i was like burr, burr, burr. were you always by yourself driving usually most of the time yeah wow. so that was the other scary part i was i was born into an extremely conservative household and the first uber i ever took was in Belfast and like I'd never been in a taxi growing up in Florida no public transportation never been like on a bus or anything like that before <laughs> so I'm like driving in the middle of the night like okay what are all these survival techniques if anyone ever tries doing anything right and uh, helped me out a couple times really I tell what happened <laughs> one time I was um pumping gas in the middle of the night and this was like after like Henner Gracie and like Eve Torres came to like the PC to like give us a uh 
like a self-defense kind of course. And somebody like tried getting in my car. Really? Yeah. Like as I'm pumping gas in the middle of the night and I was like, boom, let me go back to this like pink belt information that they like taught. It's like, no, get back. Get out of my car. So the guy, so you had to actually drag the guy out of your car essentially? Yeah. Yeah. And one time I'd gotten a flat tire and I'm over here on the side of the road, like jacking up my car. Yeah. Yeah. And I called like um, medical and like, uh, it was like Larry from medical and a couple other people. They were all driving dock. They were all driving. Tail. I was like, hey, just wanted to let you know I got a flat tire. I'm on the side of the road. So I'll, I just want to let you know in case I get kidnapped. <laughs> and, and they were kind enough that they like turned back around. I had already had the car up and the wheel off. And then they just helped me real quick. And then I drove to the airport, switched out a new rental car because it was like 200 miles away the next place. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was I. I Grew up a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing. You do grew up a lot. Not just for career experience, but life experience. I used to think everyone was so awesome and the world was like just filled with flowers and potpourri. And I was like, man, there's some pretty evil people in this world. (laughs) You you mentioned uh, Belfast. Did you do a lot of traveling overseas with the company? My first time going over the pond was Mm -hmm. with WWE. It was was. it was a great experience with so many firsts. Mm. Like before I'd only been to like Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, the Caribbean essentially, cause that's where my family's from. And I have so many stamps in my passport. It's so cool going to Spain. Being I, At that time I was the only Spanish speaking announcer. So I got to do all the South American tours and the tours were my favorite. Mm. And I, I loved it so much. It was hard and it was grueling, you know, it was weeks of on the road, not seeing your family and stuff like that. But the bond that you grow with the talent, um, cause you're all going through it together mm. during those um, tours, it was I always something like, I'll never forget. I always like those times the best too, because like, you know, being in Fozzie, we travel on the tour bus and it's, you know, it's not like it's a nonstop party, but if you want to hang out and have some drinks and talk to your friends. And of course we go to sleep on ours, but on those buses, it was a time when everyone was actually traveling together. Mm-hmm. and turn on the music and have some drinks and tell some stories. And that, that was always a really kind of cool moment. I loved it because whether we like flew, you know, from, from city to city or were like on the bus, every time we like got to our hotel, like everyone would always go to catering and just like you were saying reminisce on like, oh, and we always had a theme song for like every tour and we'd just <laughs> sing it. And every time we'd come on, everyone that was on the tour would look at each other and just, those memories are something that you can't put a price tag on. Mm. So it's like, although we were all going through it, like it was just, even till this day, I still talk to some of the people and we're just like, yeah, I remember when we were over. Who were some of your closest friends? Oh, my closest friends, Trin. um, Mm. Because I got to be on both brands and then also depending if like, if they were in South America or something, I'd get bounced around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like the Usos, Trin. Trin is Naomi, right? Yeah, Trin, Naomi, Tamina, mm-hmm. uh, Nia Jax. Like, it was funny because they were like, you're a baby face, but I want to go on the heel yeah. bus. The heel bus was always the, the fun heel bus. The bus was always the party bus. <laughs> That's where we all uh, had the best times. So what kind of led to you uh, departing from, uh, from, from the company? Oh, they let me go. <laughs> but why? I Till this day, it's just uh, I got a phone call. I was like, hey, yo. We're letting you go, and pretty much that's about it. Didn't really get any answers or anything like that. Hmm. Was there so. a bunch of people let go at the same time, or just you? It's always after WrestleMania. Okay, gotcha. They right. usually let some people go, but I was out out of work for six months. Were you Were you surprised to get the that that call? Well, 
I know things usually happen. Things come and go. There's always ups and downs in the company. I never take anything like that personally. Mm. Um, some doors close for greater ones to open. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you stop to think like, man, what did I do? But at the end of the day, you're like, I gave it 110%. You know, every day that I had, I worked five years, you know, worked my tail off for them. Mm-hmm. And... um Nothing personal, you know, yeah. it just is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I remember that was the funny thing talking about because you went and did some interviews afterwards and people were like, oh my gosh, this woman's got the best personality ever and she was never able to show it, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it is what it's the nature of the beast. You know, if you're not a chosen one, then mm-hmm. that's how it is. And I, I, yeah, of course I was down for a little bit, you know, but I'm such an optimist that I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm the little engine that could, you know, you mm. keep on chugging and keep knocking on doors keep i took some time to like relax refocus and because i was drained you know right. it's, it's mentally it's, draining oh so mentally draining i missed so many like family gatherings birthdays and i was able to like hang out with my family and like after it all happened like my grandmother passed away i had some family members get really sick and i got to be there for all that and um just kept grinding kept pushing through and just kept trying to find the new the next thing that I was going to do and it was it was a blessing in disguise because I remember right after I had gotten let go I had, like text Brandy I was like hey just want to let you go let you know I'm no longer with WWE blah 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 and AEW had you know had been announced and like had, hadn't started yet but it had been announced though right no it, ha- it had started double or nothing had already oh, gotcha, happened yeah. but uh TV hadn't started and they're like oh you know well we're we're not looking for anything right now but possibly when tv starts you know we're looking for somebody full-time and like everything just happened in its own timing and i'm just extremely grateful for that so when the tv started is that when you got the call because i remember i saw you around a few times <laughs> Pro- probably here i think when we had the fighter fest or whatever it was yes called. so yeah. we had fighter fest and then uh fight for the fallen that was it fight for the fallen fight yeah. for the fallen and well fighter fest was in daytona right and I've just been, Billy Gunn used to be one of my coaches back in NXT and we've always stayed close. And when he found out I got, I got the boot, <laughs> I was like, Hey, he's like, just come with me to Daytona. And I was like, sure. Let's see what it's all about. You know, meet some people. I went in there with no expectations. They're like, Hey, can you ring a bell? <laughs> and I was like, I think so. <laughs> I did it for live events. And right. I was like, it was on the floor, not on a table. So, you know, that's that's a new <laughs> Here's level. Here's the difference. That's a new level. And I rang the – I was the timekeeper. Why, why do they keep the bell on the floor with WWE? You're right. That's an interesting <laughs> – Right, for live events. Yeah, I never noticed floor. that before, but we do have a table here, but well, there it's on the floor. Because as the ring announcer, uh, you're ringing the bell, you're collecting the gimmicks, you're like ring announcing, you're going in between – it was one less thing do that they had to right. worry about. We didn't even have a real hammer. We used a wrench because the hammer kept getting lost in transit. <laughs> Did you ever ring the bell at the wrong time? No, not would not that I, not good, that good. I remember. See, I don't think people understand this. You have to. You just said you're ring announcing. Yep. You're ringing the bell. You're you're not collecting the gimmicks and taking them to the back. You're not taking them to the back, but you're collecting them from all around oh the ring. Gosh. So then when the runner comes, you're like. Give them to them to get them out of the way. Oh, my gosh. You're getting gimmicks thrown at you from the heels. Oh, I remember spiked jackets almost taking my eyeballs out. <laughs> it's just so much. It's also, when you sit in that same place, was there ever any like people around, like hecklers? Like You can't move. You're stuck there for the whole show. Well, for me personally, I just felt like I was a part of the show at the same time. So mm. like, if a heel's coming for me, I'm going to like go back or like baby face or like if somebody's coming to your chairs like i'm hightailing out of there right. like i 
am a professional runner in heels now <laughs> and uh, I try not to take people falling on you and stuff like right. that. So I just try to get out of the way or be a part of the show. Mm -hmm. And I remember fans like just calling me out on Twitter like, well, it was so cool to watch your reactions. I'm like, well, we're all watching the same well, and, spectacle and, and, and it's a small portion of the audience, but also too, you're kind of setting the tone for for if, if you're sitting there yawning and bored, the people around you are probably going to feel the same way. Yeah. And also too, like I, I've witnessed that before and I'm like, well, you're kind of like telling everyone like, A, you're not, this isn't important. And um, you're letting them know, oh, okay, so this match is going to finish. I better pay attention so mm. I can ring the bell. Like, no, you, the match could finish at any time. And like, that's the thing with professional wrestling. You know, anything could change on the fly. Somebody could get injured or hurt or like. Change you, their minds on the finish or whatever. You have maybe, yeah. to watch what's going on. That's the thing. You have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. You can't be sitting there on your phone for two and a half hours or whatever it is, right? Yep. And it actually, for me too, because like I, I entered the business like as a worker, it it was one of those things of like watching the greats. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, AJ Styles, the use of like all, everyone that was with the company, just like Randy Orton, no matter what they did, they always kind of changed it just a little bit each and every single night just mm -hmm. to keep it fresh. So for me, it was like, oh, okay, I've kind of seen this, but whoa, that was different. That looks so cool. The audience react. I was just always immersed in it, trying to learn, you know, just in case I could get the opportunity. Right, right, right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So when you started with AEW, what are the big differences you notice between the two companies? Who the talent? The, the, that's the cool thing about the talent. Like I've being on the outside, like everyone's always been very cool with me. But the creative freedom in AEW is something that is, is so appealing, and all the talent just loves that. Being able to like have an idea, put out the idea, and get positive feedback. Yes, negative feedback, but at the same time, I feel like just having that creativity allows them to grow their characters and then having veterans and people with lots of TV experience. Many of the talent didn't have TV experience when we first started. So just the overall vibe is so chill and so cool. And I greatly appreciate that. Mm -hmm. It's like me and they're like, okay, well today you're going to be a Spanish commentator. Sure. No problem. Let's mm -hmm. go do it. Oh, today we need you to do this interview. And I'm like, Okay, cool. And I remember when like Cody had approached me, I was like, hey, so do you speak Spanish? <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, my mom would be very disappointed if I didn't. He goes, so how do you feel about doing Spanish commentary? I was like, I've never done it before, but if you're willing to trust me, I will give you 110%. He's like, cool, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started doing Spanish commentary. So, so tell me about that, because that's a whole different ball of wax too. Ooh, so I actually had the opportunity- With Alex, right? With Alex yeah. Aurahantes. And Alex, like, he's done play-by-play -play for a while. So, like, color was something that was, like, totally different. I've never even done English commentary. Mm. I'm more dominant in English than I am in Spanish. But, I mean, speaking Spanish, I just went back and, like, was just watching, listening to some of the great color commentators. And, like, okay, well, what are they adding to the story that helps 
it and it, at first it was very hard and especially a lot of the talent having been in that bubble for WWE for so many years you only know the talent that's in there because you're like man I, there's so many different shows going on you don't have time to like of course. Yeah, go of course. watch more wrestling yeah that's the last thing you want to do yeah and so just getting to know some of the other talent how long that they've been working for what are you know some of their finishers what are they known for in the independent scene that was one of the hardest thing but like it's one of those things just sitting there talking to the person you can get to know so much mm. and once you like have that level of intimacy of speaking with the person getting to know them then you can put them over in color mm. commentary so it's always a work in progress i'm i will not say i'm the best at it but i'm learning and mm. it's just really fun to do and uh, it's like you don't know when to – at first you don't know when, when am I supposed to talk, when do I step in. I don't want to interrupt anybody, but I want to say my stuff. It's, it's, there's a timing thing you have to get yeah. with your commentary partner as well. Yeah, You have to have a level of chemistry. And luckily being like a host and announcer, um, like what Greg and what Mike Rome would teach me is like you nonverbal cues and like being able to read a person. And mm. it's like finding that lull of when they're talking to like input it in there to not step on each other's toes. And that's one of the cool thing is that Alex and I like meshed immediately and we just have such a great level of chemistry. And it's pretty cool how like some of the fans will just be like online. are like, well, we like listening to you, even though we don't 100% understand what you're saying. But they're like, it's like sitting on the couch with your friends and just talking about wrestling. And I'm like, that's kind of what we want. That's what we want people to feel when we are doing our commentary. Right. It's cool, like, like I said, that you're Florida-based too because we do all of our shows now. You know, Jacksonville, Atlanta. So you're on everything. Oh, yeah. You know, so I mean, you're taking advantage of it. Just drive. I'm used to driving. Yeah. I'm a professional driver <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's short, quick, easy to get. Have you had a lot of uh, interactions with Tony Khan? I have very, very far and few. I mean, yeah. he's a cool guy. Always right. says thank you after everything, but we're not best buds or mm. anything like that. I guess I'm asking did, did you ever have, I'll ask the same question about Vince McMahon, any interactions with him? Once or twice, I yeah. got a good job kid one time, and that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> so you're excited to, to be a part of this company? Then. I am so excited to be a part of this company. And the one thing that I love the most is the support and how everyone wants to see everyone grow. Mm -hmm. And like even I recently had an opportunity to compete in Titan Games. And yeah, I want to talk about that too. Yeah, well. So what, what is Titan Games? Explain. So Titan Games is – the best way to explain it is if American Ninja Warrior and American Gladiator had a baby, <laughs> it would be Titan Games. Okay. Uh, it was a, a competition where you had to like be able to demonstrate strength, agility, like it was these like ridiculous killer obstacles and um the host of the show is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, mm -hmm. Dwayne Johnson and um it was one of the hardest things I've ever ever had to do physically and well, let's go back how did you get in, into that show <laughs> me I'm the girl who finds things online <laughs> yeah, and, that's I what I'm, yeah. and I apply online <laughs> like I was telling uh, Tony Schiavone a little bit earlier I was like you know what Tony if you don't try it's never gonna happen mm. so what's the worst that can happen you see a call to action you just apply you put it out there if they're interested or you stand out in some way 
You'll get a call. Is there a certain website that you go to to find yeah, it? Yeah, TyingamesCasting.com. Have you heard about the show and said, so I'm going to look it up? Yeah, so Dwayne on his Instagram had like a call to action. Like, hey, we're looking for Titan. Gotcha. Blah, blah, blah. And it was like to submit like a video and answer all these questions. And I put up my profile and then I ended up getting an email <laughs> inviting me to audition to come to this combine and competed in this combine and then... Got it's on the, the same thing as, as WWL NXT all over again. Yeah, it was like I was groomed for this. Like it was hard, <laughs> but the hardest part for me was coming back from an Achilles injury. It was kind of one of those. I don't know if I can physically make this happen now. Pre Achilles, yeah, would have rocked it, but it was like how'd you hurt your Achilles? So I had originally tried out for Titan Game season one, and. I was with WWE at the time. I was like, man, it was like this weird frustration thing of like, I I love announcing, but at the same time, like I'm an athlete. I need something to like get this energy out. Like I want to either be in the ring or I want to compete in a fitness competition or something. So I had told them, hey, I have this opportunity. Can I please do it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I ended up having a scheduling conflict and I was like, you know how it goes, mm. always with the scheduling conflicts. Right, right, of course, yeah. And um, I was like, man, well, I'm going to do a fitness competition then to kind of like be able to show them. I am busy, an athlete. You're a busy bee. Yeah. <laughs> I always need to be doing something. I have like undiagnosed ADD, self-diagnosed <laughs> ADD. And I was like, fine, well, I'm going to get in the best shape possible, training for the fitness competition. Ended up not listening to my body, listening to recovery, ruptured my Achilles tendon. Just how, running or... I was um, practicing like round off by cancering back tucks and things like oh. that. So I like landed and like just blew it oh, out. That, that's a painful injury, isn't it? But mine was weird because I did such a number on it. I ended up severing all the nerve endings. So I felt no pain. Oh my gosh. Could yeah. you walk even though? I could, but like when I went to go like on the step off, oh. like it was like a numbness that would yeah, go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that stinks. Right. And I've torn so many different things. The whole left side of my body's been reconstructed. Two knee surgeries, foot surgery, shoulder surgery. I was like, eh, nothing new. I'm <laughs> hypermobile. I tear things all the time. Right. And so, it, but the Achilles was the hardest because it was the most the mental recovery aspect of it because I felt no pain. Like as an athlete, when you feel pain, you're like, right. oh, okay, things can get but, better. And not feeling anything was one of those like sitting, hurrying, like sitting and waiting. Like I was in, I couldn't bear any weight on the Achilles for eight weeks. I'm like, that's two months of not being able to do anything. And it's boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like trying to get like that, that firing to in your calf like after like even still to this day my right calf is smaller than the left but oh, wow. it's functional for a normal in- right. individual I'm like but it's not the same i'm an athlete mm-hmm. and just being able to compete in the show like it was cool so when when you go to the combine and then they kind of test your athleticism athletic ability then what kind of tasks were you doing on the show so after the combine, because it was like kind of like one of those like NFL combine things where they tested, you know, your 40 yard dash, they text, tested like deadlifts, a whole bunch of agility moving type stuff. I got with one of my buddies, Lewis, who owns like a CrossFit gym because I was like, oh, it seems like I may need like agility and strength and power like a CrossFitter. And then like also trained with one of my other girlfriends, Lisa, and did more of the like aesthetics because at the end of the day, it's TV. You have to look cute on TV. Mm-hmm. And I did both of their trainings working on my cardio and my strength. And that definitely helped me a lot for the show. Hmm. But what were you like? If you've taped the show already, it hasn't aired yet, though. Yes. So I don't know what you can say and can't say, but like what kind of activities are you doing? You said like, like, like American Gladiators was like trying to 
hit each other off the off the balance beam into the water with giant you know Q-tips. Yep, <laughs> giant <laughs> giant Q-tips. Yeah, it's exactly just like that. Like season one of Titan Games, there was like a lunar impact wall, and they actually the show itself changed drastically from season one. They added a whole bunch of different features, but it was still a lot of like strength, like tugging against like tug of wars, but like fancy kind of tug of wars where it wasn't just a rope that you're tugging. Mm. Um, there was a lot of like aerial kind of type stuff where like floors went down and it was just like, you're battling it up against another person. The cool thing is the second season, they added celebrity Titans and they broke us up into three different regions. They didn't do like a bracket system like they did season one. So it was like the West, Central, and East. And I was in the Eastern region. And uh, my celebrity time was Hannah Teeter, who's Olympic gold medalist, like snowboarder. Mm. And it was crazy and wild because we had agility type competitions where it was who was the quickest, who could finish something quicker. And then there was also strength ones of like who can outpower somebody else. So it was a back and forth and you're going up against Mount Olympus with this tie in and competing against each other. And it was, it was a lot of back and forth and strength based kind of type stuff. And it was just an honor to be on this show, especially coming back so soon after Achilles. And also too, like on, like in the back of my mind, I was representing AEW because Mm -hmm. I'd already been signed to AEW and I had a, you know, AEW's blessing. And I was like, well, I can't do bad. I have so much. (laughs) Did you, do, did you do good? I did fairly well, so okay. I can't say too much. Is it one of those things? I shocked that, myself. <laughs> is it one of those things like uh, like you mentioned, uh, Ninja War? Are you just on it for like one show and and you try, or is it something where it's like week by week and someone gets eliminated? Week by week, and you well, you essentially it was cool because it wasn't like with the bracket system when you go up against somebody and then you lose, you're automatically kicked off. So it was kind of cool because there was like redemption rounds and stuff like that this mm. time around so it was nice and it and it's and it won't go like you see one person one week and then you don't see them for another five weeks so it it, it gotcha. was very cool the dynamic that they did this time around it'd be really interesting i don't know how everything's gonna air and show or mm. how things were of course always the way, cut, right? but it was such a hard but fun experience and the cool thing is there's people from all walks of life. Like there's a lady who's a gynecologist. Jamie's a gynecologist. Uh, Caleb, he's an orthopedic surgeon. Like there's people that are nurses, stay at home moms that are homeschooling their kids. There's a monster truck driver. There's a DJ. There's police officers. Did they play up your wrestling angle? They did. (laughs) I think they, from what, what we kind of filmed, Obviously, I'm an announcer, but I think they're playing up a little bit of the wrestling as well. So I'm curious to see how I'm depicted. Right. Um, but also, too, I'm like the girl that had 5,000 million injuries, too, because I'm <laughs> hyperbole. So I, I'm, a, I'm a weird I'm a weird individual. I love the fact that uh, I hope they do play up on it. And then we'll have AEW mentioned on The Rock's show. Yeah. Vince will have a heart attack. Oh, he! D- <laughs> I was so shocked that um, it was cool because like he had mentioned me on Twitter the Rocked other day, it? yeah, mm-hmm. he said I was a relentless competitor, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." Did you know him from from before? I had met him like once. Mm-hmm. He was talking to to somebody like on a road case, and I was like, "Hi, I'm Lena's friend," and then like awkwardly just walked off. <laughs> so did you have any interaction with him on the show on the Titan Games? Or did you ever see him it, after the competitions and stuff like that? Like a hug, you know, mm-hmm. like a high five, like you go, girl. Um, but yeah, I've never like sat down and had a conversation mm-hmm. with him before. So I'm like, I know who he is, and I 
I think he knows who I am. I'm not sure, yeah. but like we're not besties or anything. That's cool though. I mean, it's 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 great that you get that exposure. You know, uh, like you said, just because you went online and looked something up. You never know. That has been the, my life story. Uh, I mean, my grandmother, she only went to school till fourth grade. My mom didn't graduate college, and it was just one of those like, hey, I'm gonna give it a try and see how it goes. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. You know, and that's kind of been my philosophy in life. You know, just give it a try. And what did you say? You're hypermobile. You mentioned that a couple times. Yep, hypermobile. I have. What like, does that mean? I'm very flexible. Oh, okay. So pretty much what happens to me is that I stretch and then my ligaments snap, and I don't even realize it till like after. Wouldn't I've that gone make you too far? Wouldn't that make you? Oh, I see. Because you're so flexible, you take things to the breaking point, and yep. then. And then I'm like, ah, dang. Because it, it would seem like flexible. The, the opposite of flexible would be tearing everything. Well, there it's it's finding that balance between the two because if you're too tight you can tear things but if you're too flexible you can just snap them too gotcha gotcha do you ever uh when, when you're watching the shows like uh from ringside do you ever miss being in the ring wrestling or was it such a short time that you don't every single time really? i saw somebody yeah i just remember when people would would like you know complain of like oh my gosh the monotony of this all and i'm like i would kill to be in your shoes <laughs> But, it, I mean, that's always, you always want what you can't have, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a thing. But I would just sit there and watch. I'm like, <laughs> it could have been me. Uh, but, you know, everything happens in its own timing, you know. I'm I'm not too old that I still can't make it happen. Well, especially here because, like you said, you're already kind of wearing so many hats. You never know, right? I'm like, take me out. I'll take a bump. <laughs> what do you think of uh, of the AW's women's division? I mean, they're they're all great mm -hmm. in their own aspects. It's it's sad to to see like online people bashing them, things and that, you know. And my thing is just like, well, it's totally different. It's like this is such a new company, and everyone's getting to know each other, building that chemistry and stuff like that. And I see great things coming, you know, from the women's division. But with time, everything mm. happens with time. Like even with WWE, the women's revolution. How many how many decades did they go where women weren't even given a chance? Right. These women are being given a chance now. Just give them a second to figure it out, mm. and they're gonna knock it out of the park. You know. Well, and the idea is to get a whole new crop of girls and women which we did so it takes a while for people to get to know them yep. but like you said a lot of them are coming from places where they've never been on tv before either yep it's a learning curve mm -hmm. everything's a learning curve but the cool thing is here there's a support system and it and it's different too and i always remind people a lot of the people a lot of the women in wwe they have the performance center where they go to the performance center and they train they build that chemistry prior to even having a match mm -hmm. these women literally like okay, we're here, you're having this match, and they don't have that time to build the chemistry. But the cool thing is, like, protocols being put in place to help them now kind of get that chemistry, build that chemistry, talk to each other, have, you know, school sessions, review tape and things like that. So, I mean, everything with time. Like, AEW has only been on TV since October mm -hmm. of 2019. People forget that. 2019. Yeah, nine months. That's nothing. Mm -hmm. And, like, you compare it with, you know, the biggest company in sports entertainment you 50 know? years exactly. or whatever right yeah exactly i'm like they weren't it they weren't ready in eight months mm -hmm. you know like everything happens with it's coming together very quickly for us yes too. very quickly and solid you yeah. know like just viewership is incredible the fans are incredible and that's the that's the cool thing is having the support from the fans people don't realize mm -hmm. that 
plays a big part in everything that we do. You know, just having somebody, even for me personally, somebody be like, hey, good job. This was great. Or, you know, giving me a compliment sandwich because nothing's ever perfect. <laughs> this was good. We need to work on this, but continue doing this. Boom. Easy. Fix. Next thing. You mm. know, just not getting harped on it. Like, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and you're like, that's not the way that you talk to humans if you want them to grow. You mm. have to be able to to support them, give them, hey, I've tried this. Why don't you try this? It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Well, and that's kind of a different attitude from here in, in WWE as well that I notice it's is there's a lot less eggshell walking here mm-hmm. you know you can you can speak your mind and not be afraid of any right and, and be and you're expected to in a in a in a good way in a positive yep. way yep and the cool thing here too is like if you don't have any ideas about your character and your stuff it's like we're not going to come up with them for you. Mm -hmm. It's like, you better come up with it yourself. You know, maybe they can spin off of something of an idea that you had, but it's crazy to see like the talent that's like getting pushed. It's like they had this idea, this plan of what they wanted to do and AEW took it and ran with it. So that, and going back to creative freedom, like that's something that they envisioned Mm -hmm. and AEW is allowing them to have it come into fruition. Last few things. Um, obviously, we're in the middle of the pandemic where we went from sold out crowds and big crowds to no crowds. How has it been for you? I've actually enjoyed it because really? since, I, since I had never I mean, I love the fans, but TV is kind of scary. Live TV is a little scary and never having done live TV before. It's kind right, of because you cool. had never announced on TV. I had never, and I had announced for NXT mm-hmm. many, many times, but that was pre-taped. Right, nothing was ever Not live. live. Yeah. So the first time I ever announced live was with AEW. It was a. Uh, the inner circle decided they wanted to take out Justin Roberts. And that's right in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, the inner circle took out Justin Roberts, and I stepped up for him and ring announced. Uh, when that were you evening. told that? Ooh, like. A couple days before okay, it actually so you knew a happened. Few days before yeah, it. a couple days before it happened, and then after that, then they're like, "Hey, so with all this madness that's going on in the world, would you be interested in rain announcing?" I was like, "Right, because Justin can't come in." Yeah. yeah, I'm like, "If you trust me, I'm going to give it 110. percent Let me know if I screw something up. I'll fix it. It won't happen again." Kind mm. of a thing. So just for me, just having that backing and that support, I can skyrocket to the moon. <laughs> But you do you have like a, a, a earpiece in or something that they tell you? When so you're not getting the like the stats and stuff like yeah. that. But, but say, okay, you do it. Go. You have an earpiece, yeah, yeah, where they cue you to go. Right, right. So you're saying if there was people in there, you'd be more more nervous. I think I would. Yeah. Because sometimes people are, you know, people are there to have a good time. You know, if they have a couple drinks in them, mm-hmm. uh, heckle you a little bit, or you get distracted. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, ooh, squirrel, shiny object. <laughs> so just being able to have like just peers and coworkers, kind of mm. like as our audience, kind of like eases the tension a little bit. It's, it's funny, yeah. Uh, last question for you. Um, you have the best seat in the house as a ring announcer, front row, whether it's a sold-out arena, whether you've seen big shows, small shows, shows with no people. Is there, Has there been some matches that stand out to you as, as some of your favorites that you've seen first row? <sighs> so many great matches. <laughs> so many mm. great matches. Like, I'm just... Oftentimes, I'm just there like in awe, soaking it all in. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, best seat in the house. And I, I sometimes at live events, I would just chit chat with some of the audience. They're like, you're so lucky you're on the other side of the barricade. <laughs> but like just the, the amount of talent, there's not one that like really just sticks out. Like mm-hmm. I just enjoy watching everyone's, you know, different flavor that they bring to the ring. They're, they're, 
the way that they just the confidence that they have inside of the ring when they step in like they believe they're that character and i just i just enjoy just taking everything in and it's like when it comes to like favorite books favorite like mm-hmm. artists favorite anything i don't ever have favorites i just appreciate I have a favorite about each person and like a favorite thing I enjoy that everyone does. Mm-hmm. And I just like sitting there and soaking it all in. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been part of the show? Has everyone ever dragged you in or, or like thrown water in your face or anything? No, I haven't had that opportunity quite All right. Yet. Well, we'll make that happen soon <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dasha. That was great. Now I know your story. Yeah, you know a little bit of my star. And you got all, you have three or four last names because yeah, I, you're... I'm Hispanic. Remember, I told you, we got way too many last names. Dasha Janice, Gonzalez, Medina Nieves, Guzman, Sanchez, Alvarez, you name it. They just keep going on. You know how hard that's going to be to put on the headline this week on Talk is Jericho? Dasha Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs>